Patriots Beat is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. All right, everyone, welcome in another live Patriots Beat right here on the CLNS Media Network. Brian Hines, as always, with Alex Barth from 98.5 The Sports Hub. And Alex, the Patriots scored two touchdowns yesterday. We have oh. improvements, but um, it unfortunately was not enough because they still lost 21-17 to the Las Vegas Raiders yesterday to drop them to 1-5 and on the season. It wasn't the complete implosion that the last two weeks have been, but unfortunately for this team, an improvement right now is 17 points, 250 yards of total offense, and only one one turnover. So some steps in the right direction, I guess, but still just like this is where this team is at right now, not good enough. Yeah, I mean, look, it was better. They were better than they've been the last two weeks. The bar's pretty low for that. You know, we freaked out last week when they were worse than the week before because we didn't think they could be. So it's a little progress. They lost. They're one in five. I, I, I haven't even looked up, Brian, how many one in five teams have made the playoffs because I don't believe it's happened. Probably not. <laughs> and if they have, there's been significant extenuating circumstances that just don't exist with this team when you talk about talent. So... All right, they're getting a little better. That's great. Uh, they kind of lost the right to to celebrate that at this point, especially when they still lost the game. Because where is this season going? You know, there's been a lot of talk about we're going to get better, we're going to get better, we're going to get better from the players. And I do believe at least some of the players are still trying and still putting in the work. I do believe that. But for what is kind of, you know, where, where are they at now? It's hard to talk about this team and not talk about the big picture. You have Adam Schefter on, on Pat McAfee giving a whole word salad about Bill Belichick's future. That's been, and is going to continue to be a big talking point. The the future Mac Jones, we were all locked in on Washington, Oregon this weekend and on UNC Miami. There's the report at that Oregon, Washington game. The Patriots were one of eight NFL teams to have multiple scouts there. This is just kind of where we're at with this team. We can talk about this game and break it down. But I think everything has to be through the lens of the future, right? Who in this game looked good that maybe will be a part of this thing moving forward? Who in this game didn't look so good or maybe looked good but is on an expiring deal where you start talking about the trade deadline? I just think that's where this team is at right now. Yeah, all to the future. And there were some positive individual performances that we we can highlight and get into, but the big things that with that game specifically, and we, we talk long term because that's the big thing, big picture. But like with that game, like the penalties were as ridiculous. Ten, I think eleven total, ten accepted, seventy nine yards. It was the most all year. You hear Teddy Bruschi on on Sports Center get up this morning saying like that's on the coach, that's on Belichick. You know they're not the players aren't hearing Belichick, and it's been like that for the last two three years and. Not only the amount of penalties, but the time, like the times of the penalties. This is a team that all week we heard they're starting over. They're getting back to the basics, getting back to the fundamentals. And their first two plays on offense were penalties. Like, right. What does that tell you how they worked all week? And then late in the game, you, you have this long drive, which was another thing like that fourth quarter drive takes nine minutes out of the clock. Like when you need two scores, this isn't the 07 Pats that can score on Will here. Like, let's get some tempo. And then you even stall out there and, you know, you back yourself up when you're on the goal line with two penalties. You get bailed out by Max Crosby roughing the passer and then you score and then you get the ball back and 
two more penalties back you up lead to a safety so like talking about that game that that long drive where there was just no tempo it seemed and the, the all the penalties like just keep shooting themselves in the foot and then we can talk about mac another boneheaded turnover on him just just not not good enough and they're just hurting themselves too much to even have a chance to win games i mean that drive 17 plays which was really 20 with the penalties we talk about how much time that took off there were 20 snaps on that drive patriots <clears throat> subbed on every single one of them so that didn't help them hurry things up 17 plays 78 yards 930 off the clock down two scores in the fourth quarter brian i know you're a big 10 football guy i know big 10 football when i see it that's what that was i you got to show a sense of urgency there. Why didn't they? Mac Jones cited the substitutions as a reason you can't move, but at least it, it, and look, they didn't need to be in hurry up from the start of that drive two score game, 13 minutes to go, but they ran. Sorry. I got to check my notes here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven plays. So what they got in the red zone, their, their, their first play in the red zone of that drive was the first play under six minutes. They ran seven plays after that. They substituted on all of them. Fully huddled up, took the clock down, and there's one, I think, two, one penalty in there as well, which I believe was the Antonio Maffi uh, false start. No, that was on the last drive. There, there was a penalty in there. I have it written. I think it was. I think so was a false start, and then yes. they had the um, the illegal shift too. Was that drive too? Oh, okay. So the the the, um, the false starts a little. The illegal shift is the play in here. The under six minute. Yeah, that's what that is. I knew it was one of the standout penalties. It's not Maffi. The um, the point being, like. You, you need to show such urgency there. Is it substituting? Maybe. But again, the under six, you had one, two, three, four, five, like between plays. So you six plays, but five chances essentially to hurry up. The clock was stopped on three of those. So that's only two plays. They really, the, the substituting made a difference because you, you substitute and the clock stopped, whatever. I wonder if the coaching staff didn't trust the offense. I wonder if the coaching staff said, hey, they're moving the ball. You know, like when you're you're trying to like – it was working, right? It was balanced. <laughs> it was almost – like They don't want to screw it up. Back in the day when you were trying to like make like a, a poster or a flyer on Microsoft Word, and if you moved the picture half an inch, the thing became three pages, and it was all over the place. It was like, let's just not touch it. It's working. Let's just not touch it. But the flip side of that is, all right, great. They were able to move the ball. They were able to go down and score. They took entirely too long. And yes, they still got to drive after, and the defense made a big play, and the defense was much better in this game. Christian Barmore was great. He is the big stop on that third down. He was awesome. But now you're in hurry up anyway. So the thing that they maybe avoided mm -hmm. before, now you're in hurry up. You get the bad penalty. You get the drop. It was a drop. I don't care what Devontae Parker says about fingertips. That's a ball you should catch. And then Mac Jones takes the sack because Vidarian Lowe is trying to block Max Crosby. Just can't have it. Yep. Yep, not good there. But uh, let's talk about Mac and let's talk about the quarterback room in general here because that was a big thing that came you know into light the last you know the day or two before the game because we had a lot of Malik Cunningham uh, talk. They signed him to the fifty-three man roster. They moved Matt Jude onto the IR, uh, which was one of like six moves uh, on Sunday with a couple practice squad elevations. Tyrone Wheatley also went to IR, but. We heard we were going to maybe see a lot of this Malik Cunningham, and he was the primary backup on Sunday with Bailey Zappi as the emergency quarterback. Will Greer was inactive, and Malik played six snaps. He was largely, you know, he was a decoy on Ezekiel Elliott's touchdown. Uh, and then he had like a 
few bad reads it looked like on some some zone reads and took a sack on one so I know Bill said like it was just kind of a game plan thing after the game but do you think we're at a point where Malik is really the number two quarterback going forward here and they would trust him if Mac Jones gets hurt or just keeps kind of imploding and, and you need to actually pull him in a game they might do that at this point they've been so freaking weird with this position for the last two years I wouldn't put it past them I and this isn't anything against Malik. I I, I was hoping because there was the report in the morning, right, about the short leash for Mac Jones, yep. which I don't know. The inner I was kind of waiting for him to be pulled. It wasn't as bad as it's been the last couple of weeks, but the whole thing about the short leash that <laughs> felt like short leash kind of play. But there's just no way Malik Cunningham's ready to be a full time quarterback when he's been practicing at wide receiver. It's nothing against Malik Cunningham. Bill O'Brien, Bill Belichick both told us until this week he'd been primarily playing wide receiver in practice. And we saw that going back to the summer. So how familiar is he with the offense as a whole? You can't just run that wildcat package for, you know, play after play, after play, drive, after drive, after drive. You can't do that. They can't even get it to work in spots. I, it, it, it feels to me that that would be unfair to Malik Cunningham to put him in that spot yeah. because you're setting him up to fail. Now this team has set quarterbacks up to fail in the past. So I'm not saying they wouldn't do it, but I like the idea of having him on the active roster. I like the idea of having him as a package player. They've got to improve on that package, but the offensive line still the offensive line. You're not subbing that group out, but they can't make him the full-time quarterback. I don't know what was going on with, with Zappi and, and, and Greer. Maybe they, there was some plan to get Zappi in as the emergency. Maybe they, they just were like, we're going to throw the ball quick and not going to get Mac hurt, which didn't end up happening, but they clearly don't have a problem only having one healthy quarterback. They've done that before. I just I, I don't know if they wanted to show Mac they weren't going to pull him. I don't know if they felt they needed those roster spots because so many players were injured. But you also could address Kayshawn Booty and not elevate a Jalen Rager, and that gives you a spot back, right? You, you elevate somebody else in the practice squad, and then maybe you can have a backup quarterback. Felt panicky, felt weird, felt all too familiar with some of the roster moves they've been making lately. And we'll see if it becomes a long-term thing. It shouldn't. We'll see if it does. But yeah, just it 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 felt like they were grasping at straws with the way they managed it. Again, not, not specifically Cunningham and putting him in the game on occasion. I actually like how they used him, but the whole thing about is the report Saturday. Oh, he might be elevated, but they don't know if they're going to have the spots to suddenly he signed to a three year deal. And then you get the report, which certainly felt like it came from their side that it was, there was going to be a short leash. And then you have no other quarterbacks. Like it just, it doesn't feel connected. It felt like you had a bunch of different decisions made by a bunch of different people who didn't talk to each other. And I'm not saying that's what happened, but isn't that's what it felt like. There's mixed messages across the board. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. 
GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Yep. And then his usage, I thought, like he only played six snaps, right? I thought like to have him not be the emergency quarterback so you could like get him in there and cycle him through as much as you want and then like I don't know to only play him six snaps I thought they might work him in a little bit more not like pulling Mac to be to go to Malik as the like number one quarterback but just work him in more on the, those package plays and, and he only played six snaps but yeah the, the the short leash like if there was a short leash wouldn't you think it'd be after that interception Mac threw because that was another like horrible just trying to do too just, much rolling to his right probably didn't even need to like flush out of the pocket i know max crosby got to him fast but like the interior was pretty sturdy he could have just stepped up and reset but you know bales and then henry's open but that's just not really a throw mac jones has in his bag and he you know sails it and another one of those boneheaded interceptions and then almost had another one down in down inside the red area with Ty Montgomery, right? Like he locked on right. Ty Montgomery, and, and somehow that the Raiders guy didn't catch it, and Montgomery caught it. And so you know, one interception, maybe should have had another. I know he's, I think he's second in the NFL now in uh, PFF's turnover worthy plays behind Desmond Ritter. And we know how people talk about Desmond Ritter nowadays. Yeah. So I don't know. Like I thought with the short leash and that those two plays, like that might have been the time to do it, but. Uh, they kind of just rolled with Mac there. I'm with you on that. Uh, bad interception by Mac. I, I under first. Yeah, you're right. I, maybe he needed to flush out. He didn't need to run all the way to the sideline. He could have just reset the pocket. He gets out there. I, I understand what he's looking at. Hunter Henry's open, but and it's not that window's not going to be there forever. But he can't make that throw on the run. He jumps up like his legs are not in that throw at all. It's all arm, which he overthrew it. So I guess noodle arm, whatever. But either set your feet and throw. Or if you know you have to throw on the run, throw it away. He can't make that throw on the run. He needs to know that. If he throws that ball away, people are still probably knock him for it because Henry was open, but he's on the run. He's running out of room, whatever. If he sets his feet and throws, that's a great play. That's the kind of play we we were talking all summer about. Can Mac Jones finally sort of make these kind of plays? Throwing that ball on the run into a crowd, even though there was a window to Hunter Henry, the worst thing he could have done. And it was a, yep. a panicked play like you, you, you put it perfectly. He was trying to do too much. The other pick, yeah, it was a bad throw. It also kind of felt like karma for the one that, you know, karma coming back around for the one he threw that hit Ty Montgomery right in hands last week that was intercepted. So those two, two I guess, uh, cancel each other out. But, yeah, that was another bad throw in a crucial moment. I think at that point you weren't going to pull him just because it was so late. And that, that would be a whole other yeah, level of that, that pull was him. Way, yeah. Late in the fourth quarter of a one-score game, that I don't think you can put him back in as a starter at that point. Maybe they knew that. Maybe that's why none of the other quarterbacks were active, to make sure he couldn't get pulled. Like, they had an excuse to not pull him, even if they felt like they had to. But, yeah, look, there were some positives. He was, I think, 16-19. and I I believe he was 16-19 and in the second half, 11-13 in the fourth quarter. No turnovers in the second half. So that's good. But he throws the pick in the first half. They had the slow start to begin with. It's too little, too late. And the pick was in field goal range, too, which is another right. thing. Like, those are your three points there you need at the end. To- and when they're when they're driving, you know, we, 
the, the 17 play 78 yard drive, I have no problem with that kind of drive in theory. And that's what that drive kind of felt like it was going to be when Mac threw the pick. Mm-hmm. You, you want to go on that drive in the second quarter, have at it. Yeah. I like, cause this team needs to shorten games. They don't have that big play threat. They need to move the ball methodically. Go on that drive in the second quarter. Great. But then you can't turn it over. You got to finish the drive. And they didn't do it in that case. Yep. But still feels like, you know, with the quarterback depth on this roster, like Max still the best guy going forward if they want to, you know, keep trying to win games here. I know, again, it wasn't great yesterday, even though, you know, that like the pass to Devontae Parker was one of his best passes as a Patriot, probably. And, you know, Parker just flat out dropped. But still, there was 57, 56 minutes of football before that. That was, you know, up and down and, and too shaky again. But uh, you'd imagine they're still going to be rolling with Mac here until he kind of forces their hand to make a move elsewhere. But um, we can talk about Parker and, and some of these receivers. And I want to bring up this comment from Josh because I've seen this a lot on Twitter, Parker and Juju both on three-year deals. And I know none of those deals look great right now, but they're both pretty much like two-year deals, right? Like they can get out of both of those contracts after next year. Uh, Still and, a year too late. Yeah, I know, I know it doesn't look great now, but um, I just thought that was something worth bringing up because they they can get out of them and they probably will try to get out of them as quickly as possible. So they could get out of them after next year. But uh, the Parkers, good news... They can, Parkers, they can get out of this year if they can find a way to trade them. I don't That's know true. if they're going to be able to do that, but Parkers, I think it's it's about a million... Hang on, I actually have it right here. Pre-June 1st, it, you basically split the money on a trade, $3 million in dead cap, $3 million savings. You trade them after June 1st, $5 million in savings, just one and a half in dead cap. So if he's released, you're you're saving less than a, a, a million. It's it's I think it's actually less than 500000 Most of it's dead. But if they can find a way to trade them, maybe. But, yeah, no, those are – they're bad contracts right now. Those are bad yeah. contracts. When you look at what Jacoby Myers did and has done, it only hammers that fact home. That was so predictable yesterday. Jacoby touchdown, which I'm uh, happy for him. He looked so happy. And oh, I yeah. Know, uh, he talked – I think he said it after the game. Like, there's so many former Patriots over here in Vegas. Like, that win meant a little something. I mean, obviously, you had Brian Hoyer winning the game. Adam Butler had a big sack. You know, they, they, a lot of those guys. So, happy for them. But, yeah, I mean, we, we've we talked about Juju a lot. But Parker's been really quiet, too, obviously, with the drop yesterday. And he had another one where – he kind of ran a run route it looked like on third down or he just too slow getting into it and it led to an incompletion and a field goal and I mean I know they like him at the X but like what is he bringing to the team at this point when we've all been clamoring for Keishon Booty I know he's not even like a pure X but like what we keep saying play the kids right like get Keishon Booty we saw a little Taekwon yesterday in his first game back he was quiet too but like Juju's not giving you anything and when he's hurt now and and Parker's not giving you anything. So I, I would just keep playing the kids like Keishon Booty, get out there, keep playing Taekwondo as much as possible and just see what you have. Cause nothing to lose at this point at, at one and five. And he, and even from the standpoint of, Hey, we still got to try to salvage this season. What is Devonte Parker and, and Juju Smith shown you to reward time on the field? And yeah. also Parker's comments after the game yesterday, <laughs> Oh, it hit off my fingertips. I don't know if it was catchable. Come on, dude. Come on. What did you see Devontae Smith's comments? Devontae Smith? So he had a really bad drop in the his game yesterday. And okay, no, I didn't there see was this. 
video going around they were asking him and he's like he's like i effed up i just need to catch the damn ball pretty much which it was like so, it was the exact opposite of what good Harper for him basically said. shout out to bama yeah. They, I, the, the one that I think of is in that same locker room a year Jacoby. ago. Yeah. Jacoby Myers totally owned up to a play that, if we're being honest, was not entirely his fault. He's majority at fault, but they should have never called a lateral. Ramondre Stevenson throwing it to him in the first place was the wrong play. And he sat up there and said it was all me. So when, when you know, there's talk about and people love to jump to, oh, the players have quit. Players have quit. They're not playing for each other. They're all miserable. Parker says something like that. That's not a guy who's that interested in winning games. That's just the reality of it. So what is he showing you? What is Juju showing you? Kendrick Bourne should stay on the field. That guy's awesome. That guy can play. I'll take another, another victory lap on telling you all that he should have been playing all year last year because he should have been, he was the best receiver on that team. He is the best receiver on this team after him. You're right though. Play the kids, not beyond just, yeah, I want to see, you know, what they can do long-term, but it's also, Hey, if you want to try to win some games this year, Devontae Parker and Juju Smith-Schuster are not going to help you do that. Kayshawn Booty, he might, I don't know whether or not he will. We haven't seen him, but he might. Demario Douglas will help you win games. Tyquan Thornton might help put Jalen Rager out there a couple times. <laughs> See if you can tap into that first round potential. I've seen enough Juju Smith-Schuster and Devontae Parker to know those guys are just not making plays this year. They're not. Yeah. The are are you like a little worried about that booty couldn't even get on the field yesterday when they're down two receivers and Juju? No, I, I, I think they have some issue with them. Yeah. So I don't know. If are, so I'm worried about like I it doesn't worry me in terms of the kind of player is. We've seen them bury rookies before for no yeah. reason. But I don't know if it's just that last catch or the game against Philly, like like it has to be something more like they see him in practice obviously every day so you would hope it's more than just that first feel like his first career game and he makes a mistake or two playing kind of out of position you hope that's not what's burying him here but uh, it might be and you know that's a guy who coming out of LSU like his big thing was you know how committed is he and you saw him posting like free me on his Instagram story for for deleting it so I don't know I just hope they don't kind of lose him there lose that talent and, and they can get him get him on the field somehow because again juju parker aren't giving you anything but yeah kendrick Bourne what was awesome yesterday uh continues to be their best receiver 10 catches 89 yards i believe it was when everyone knew he was getting the ball and they still couldn't stop him uh it's someone brought up in the chat i lost it now but he's awesome after the catch like he had 68 yards after catch i believe it was it was their most from any pass catcher since week one and that was Ramondre because he caught like a 40 yard screen pass late in that that eagles game so he's awesome but back to that big picture point earlier is it time to now trade kendrick Bourne off his best game of the year and the fact that he's in a contract year and you're one and five probably i i wish they could move juju and, and parker and keep Bourne as kind of the veteran of the group as they rebuild that room but that's just not, you know, I want a lot of things. They're not going to happen. <laughs> so, yeah, I, 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 I look at him. I, well, you know, it's still him for me. Him, Hunter Henry should be in that conversation. Uh, Josh Uche should be in that conversation. Maybe Jabril Peppers, but that's another guy where, like, he's not, what is he, 28, 29 years old? He's not that old. 28, and he's under contract next year, too. Is he? I thought he signed a one-year deal. No, he was two. 
I believe. Okay. So I'm definitely holding on to him because that's a guy that sets the tone. He's yeah. still trying. He's still going out there making plays. But yeah, Bourne, Uche, Henry. Some of the chat said Gasicki didn't get anything for him. I don't think he can. He's not. He hasn't been good, and nobody wanted him in free agency. So yeah, yeah, it is because like we talked about Jacoby last week, like how good he looks in that number two, three role behind Devonte Adams. Like that's a role that Kendrick Bourne would probably like eat in, and you'd love to have him here because he's you know he's a fun player, good energy, but. At this point, it just doesn't look like that's where it's going with the contracts in that room. So probably best to just get what you can for him. If you can get a top 100 pick, fourth, fifth round or anything, then I don't know, like a team like Kansas City, one of these contenders that could use some wide receiver help help would be fun. But yeah, pretty much pretty much in sell mode at, at one and five here. You have to be. Because it, again, it becomes about... So let, let's say... I guess even beyond a quarterback, but I think this is the, the strongest example of this is with a quarterback. I see a lot of people thinking they got saying they got to keep losing, sell everybody off. You got to lose, got to have a top three pick to get Drake May. Oh, I've seen people say top two. You might be able to get Drake May third, depending on what the order is. And um, Marvin Harrison Jr. You know, we got to have a top ten pick to get Michael Penix, whatever. And I think they're going to have a top ten pick. You don't. But I would stress for people to remember, and at the same time, this is something I would hope the team is considering. You don't need to have the third worst record to get the third pick. You just have to be close enough and have the assets to move up. Everybody has a price. And that's why, even if they do win a couple of games here, because Bill Belichick's not going to tank. He's just not going to do it. He's not going to purposely throw games. If you think that's going to happen, you're kidding yourself. And I don't fault him for it. He's he's some pride behind that. But you need to kind of have this recognition of what could happen in the future. If you trade a few players, maybe they end up with like the sixth pick and they really like Drake May and they want Drake May. You trade Kendrick Bourne for a third and somebody say, oh, a third. Oh, what are you going to get with a third? You're not going to get a franchise changing player with the third. But you can add that pick to your offer to move up and get Drake May. And now you have two thirds and maybe the other team that's trying to move up only is one or something like that. So it's the draft order is important, but it's not written in permanent marker yep you what the patriots need this offseason more than anything else is flexibility flexibility when it comes to spending and flexibility to move around the draft board the way you get the latter and a little bit of the former but mostly the latter is you start trading players now and you accumulate those draft picks if they can add one top 100 pick two or three top 150 picks that changes the picture of what you can do come draft night because even if it's that, whatever it is, Thursday night, Thursday, April, whatever, if we're sitting there with the Patriots at six on the board, I'm not going to be sitting there they, saying they have no shot at Drake May or they have no shot at Michael Penix. Or who knows, maybe no shot at Caleb Williams after his stinker, and we'll get to that. Maybe he's no longer the clear 1-1. I'm going to be sitting there saying, hey, they still have a shot at this. They Look at all these picks they got during the deadline. They can package these. They can move up. They can get one of these quarterbacks. Or they can get Marvin Harrison Jr. They can get Joe Alt. Or they can get Olu Fashanu. You got to start taking that into consideration. Even if you're Bill Belichick and you're not tanking, you need to understand that. And I, I, I would assume and I would hope Bill Belichick is operating under the assumption he's coming back next year. If he thinks he's a lame duck coach, he needs to get out of the way. But he needs to operate under the assumption of I am going to need to rebuild this roster. I need to get future assets now. 
Yep. It, you know, you do that by moving some of the players that you have. And you're not going to get any comp picks, right? Because you're going to be spending money. I you have hope so much, not. You have oh, so no, much, they yeah. are. No, they are going to get. They should get comp picks actually. Won't if they spend though? Won't it cancel out? It's based on the year prior, right? So it's based uh, on this spring's free agency. So I don't know actually. Hang on, let me see. Um, okay, so that'll be it. Well, if you're so if you're, I was going to say if you're not getting comp picks, like your only chance to add some more assets in this draft here is to trade some guys away, but maybe they are. We, we can and <laughs> look into that. Quick. So, <laughs> ironically. <laughs> The Patriots are not eligible for any comp picks. They are based on, so they might be. The projections from over the cap, which are usually pretty accurate. The Patriots lost one player who was worthy of a comp pick above the seventh round, and they signed one player with a comp pick worthy of above the seventh round. Do you want to guess who those two players are? <laughs> I'm going to say Jacoby Myers and Juju Smith-Schuster. That is correct. <laughs> um, they actually, so I guess Nelson Aguilar initially qualified as a comp pick player. I don't think he will because he's not playing that much. Mike Gesicki, Riley Reef, and Calvin Anderson are also comp pick players. Gesicki might qualify, so the Dolphins might get one for him. Reef's not playing enough, and I, Anderson's not playing enough either, so those won't those won't go over. But, yeah, they're not going to have any comp picks this year. Yep. yep. Because so- pretty much because they signed Juju Smith-Schuster. <laughs> uh, the gift that keeps on giving. Yes. But, uh, yes. So, yeah, if you want to add some of those later assets in the draft, it's got to come now. It's got to come through the, the, the trade deadline. But Meanwhile, um, Jaguars getting four of them. Sorry, now, oh, my God, the Eagles are gonna are projected to get one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. They're supposed to get nine comp picks. That's like how a whole do they draft keep doing that? Picks. <laughs> I, and none of these players, I mean, they're like all six-round picks. Half of them are six-round picks, but – Miles Sanders, CJJ, or CGJ, TJ Edwards, Andre Dillard. That's what happens when you're good and you have good players sign elsewhere. But, yeah, so trade deadline last week of October, I believe it is. I think it's in two weeks, so that'll certainly be something uh, to monitor here, especially at 1-5 and and with back-to-back games against the Bills and the Dolphins coming up. Looks like you could be sitting at 1-7 and here. But uh, one more thing. Up one more down on the offense before we yep. head over to kind of the defense. I thought they were finally able to run the ball. I thought that was a, a good showing from their run game. Zeke Elliott looked pretty lively, and I know the like the offensive line is a part of that, but still like Antonio Mafia, Vidarian Lowe, overman, overmatched, outmanned, and uh, pass pro throughout the game. Trent Brown and David Andrews I thought were were, were pretty good, especially Trent, but. Um, yeah, probably one of their better run performances of the year. They probably should have leaned on it a little more, especially on some early down situations, but uh, they did it. And nice to see Zeke Zeke looking looking lively, looking spry in his legs there. Yeah, uh, the, I, I thought the running backs looked good. The running game looked as good as it has. Zeke looked good. You know, he was out, member for like a month, so he's a, a month behind in theory where you'd be. Now it seems like he's kind of found his form now, so they should take advantage of that. They're going to need the offensive line to do it. Mafi, so low. Just not good. Just not not good, period. They got in the way. There were chances the Patriots had to make plays in the run and pass game that those three, whether it be through penalties or missed assignments, cost them, plain and simple. Yep. So you hope, I don't know, you hope Riley Reef can get healthy. You hope Michael Winnu, who can get healthy, who he was active, but he was only available on an emergency basis yesterday, so he didn't play. So that's... 
keep saying it. We've said it since the spring. That would be the one thing that derails this whole this whole offense, and that's unfolding right in front of us. So yeah. another again, I thought Trent and was good. David Andrews had a good bounce back game, but yeah, those other three positions are, are tough and really holding this offense back in a number of ways. But all right, so uh, defensively, it was. Can you believe? Well, first of all, can you believe Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt yesterday, Alex, and they had to go to Brian Hoyer? Yes, I can believe that. <laughs> I, I mean, I hope Jimmy's doing okay. It sounded like a scary injury, but yeah, uh, I think I don't know if McDaniel's had an uh, update this morning, but yeah, hope, he hope, did. He, I think he said they dodged the do, worst yeah. case scenario or something all like right. that. So that's good, but yeah, Jimmy Jimmy G goes down. It was the Brian Hoyer show. He was slaying it yesterday. Credit to McDaniel's. He had a good game plan against a defense he's obviously pretty familiar with, but. Um, there were some some standouts for the Patriots defensively. You mentioned Christian Barmore right off the bat. That was one of his. I mean, he's had a he's had a good year, but that was his one of his best games. Really good in the run game, and then had some two like two batted passes. So he he was a uh, causing some havoc up there. And then Anthony Jennings, Keon White went down. So they're like and, and Josh Uche was in and out. So they're really thin along the edge with. You know, Judon obviously on IR too. Uh, I thought Anthony Jennings had a good, good game in, in the run game. He's a good rotational edge piece there. So those were kind of two highlights. Uh, Bentley also really good. Tavai good. Peppers obviously had the big play, caused the turnover, and, and quite the celebration after that was, that was funny celebration. But uh, those are some of my defensive individual standouts for, from yesterday. A, a big question. Following the loss of Christian Gonzalez and Matthew Judon was who's going to step up as the new leaders of this defense. And you saw against the Raiders kind of that lack of identity. You saw Barmore, Tavai, Bentley, Peppers. These are guys that are now stepping up and making plays. And this is going to be the group if the defense is going to be good. It's not going to be as good as it was going to be with Judon and Gonzalez, obviously. But if they're going to do something, I think that's the group you're looking at. And in the group to step up and, and make some plays here. And we'll see if they can do it against a better yeah. offense next week in Buffalo. But I think, and then Keon White got hurt. I don't believe we have an update on him, but Keon White and Marte Mop, who are the other two guys you're going to look at, especially Mop, who this week against the Bills, are guys you're going to look at for increased roles as well. What was up with him not playing a single defensive snap? That was like. It's not, re- it, it's a tough game for him. Like I, it, it, it's a match. It's a game where he wouldn't really play a lot. If he doesn't play next week, I'm going to be worried. I, I said this when they drafted him, there was a very logical plan for him, but it wasn't a plan. I trusted them to follow. And it feels like, you know, I was like, great. They're going to, you know, this is great. If they're comfortable playing a 220 pound linebacker, which they don't do. And it feels like they drafted him and they were all excited to try this. And now the season's not going well and, and they have cold feet and they're trying to fall back on what they know works. And, That'd be a shame because there's some really good players that went after him. And to draft a player, we've seen them do this so many times before, just draft <laughs> players that do have upside, but they don't play them, they never develop, and then they get written off as busts. It, it would suck to see that happen again. I know. And he had like such a good sprain and a good summer, so it's disappointing. I just, I'm at the point where I kind of feel like, they just view him as maybe Kyle Duggar's successor, and they're just going to let Kyle Duggar walk and just say, hey, oh, we have Marte Mapu, who we drafted in the third round. We can plug him in as this next like box safety type. But, yeah, if he doesn't play against you know, a quarterback like Josh Allen, who he is built to play against, like that, that's going to be 
that's going to be really annoying. But uh, Keon White, he took a pretty nasty shot to the head, so I wouldn't be surprised if they're without him for at least one game with how these you know these head concussion injuries work. Well, obviously, we'll see. They're back at practice tomorrow. But, yeah, they're, like the pass rush without Judon has been the biggest thing. It was another another game where they you know blitzed over 40% of the time and they only generated pressure on roughly a quarter of Vegas's dropback. So, like, they desperately miss Matt Judon. Obviously, Uche going in and out too uh, wasn't, you know, helping along the the edge in the pass rush there. And I don't think he finished the game either. He was in the locker room to finish, I believe. So that's another guy who you look at. And I mean, if you can't get home against Josh Allen next week, you're going to have even more issues than uh, you already do have. Right, and it's I. They can't get they can't get to the quarterback. I'm I'm not expecting that to change next week. They need to find ways to do things without. Uh, they need to find ways to create on defense, I guess, without getting to the quarterback because face to banged up line against Carr couldn't do it. Face to banged up line against the Raiders couldn't do it. just feels like it's not going to happen. Yeah. So disappointing there. But uh, those are the standouts. Any other standouts you had or anything else from your the defense kind of uh, there? Again, like good – the, the one thing they've been like kind of good at this year is red zone defense. Yep. And it was good again. And if they are going to find a way to win games, then look, the offense has to capitalize on eyes on it, and that's not happening. But the red zone defense was good yesterday. I'll give them credit for that. They locked it. And it's not like the Raiders are like, oh, well, you know, they just against some terrible red zone team. Raiders 20th in the league in red zone. So they're not great, but they're not bad either. And the Patriots made them look bad. Yep. I thought, you know, Vegas moved the ball pretty easily, but then once they got into the red zone, I think they were one of one of five, one or six. One of six. One, one of six. six. I mean, it was it was pretty much textbook Belichick bend don't break bend, defense. Don't break. And I don't know that they have the luxury to bend don't break right now, but that's they yeah. did what they were designed to do. And then the turnover was was down there, and then they did get bailed out on like the first drive when the Raiders guy had a like a really bad drop on a little crosser there. But yeah, one one of six. You'll you'll take that. Uh, nineteen points. You'll t- you'll take that. Just unfortunately, your offense can't score. But uh, any any other last things defensively you had there? Uh, no, that's it for me. I think we pretty much pretty much hit it. Uh, we were robbed of the Chatter Island game winner, which I was upset about. <laughs> You're but, ready uh, for that? Uh, it was his birthday too. He deserved the chance for like a sixty-yard game winner. That would have been great. But uh. He did make all his kicks, so that that was good. Uh, Berenger had a first one shank, rebounded with with two better punts after, and another special teams penalty too, which kind of was questionable. Sam Roberts was put in a, a tough spot there with a leveraging call on a field goal, but which another well, penalties. I, I'll talk about their penalties for a second. They were called for eleven, ten of them accepted. I think it was seventy something yards by any metric, the most penalized game of the year of their eleven. So first off, seven on offense, three on defense, one on special teams, which was Sam Roberts' one. What was really jarring, 11 penalties, five in the first quarter, five in the fourth quarter. Can't have it. Cannot have it. When you're a slow-starting team and when you struggle at the end of close games, and they they weren't spread out over the quarters either. They were in quick succession. Can not have it. Bill Belichick even said after the game, it's not a winning formula. Correct. It's not. Can't be just overloading on penalties in the in the first and fourth quarter. Can't yep. do it. And a, and a lot of those gave Vegas 
like the field goal, fresh set of downs. We're lucky they didn't capitalize. Late in the fourth quarter when you're trying to get the ball back, J.C. Jackson, pass interference, move the the chains, another set of first downs. So just too many in bad situations, untimely penalties. But, um, yeah, (laughs) just not good. Another slow start, double-digit deficit. Can't complete the comeback. Just the game script we've got so accustomed to the last few years. We're so lucky to have it. But uh, yeah, any other last thoughts on that game? Big picture. We could talk a little college ball if you want to. Yeah, I think we got to go over to that because, you know, as Patriots now sit here, I think if the draft were today, they'd have what, the fourth pick? They're so. They're at six right now. They lost the game and they moved down in the draft order. Are you sure? That's, I thought I saw fourth this morning. What are you looking on? I had a tankathon had them at six. Oh, tankathon has them at six. Maybe I was looking at something all day. So it's by opposing strength to schedule. So that's the problem. They keep losing to these teams. It looks like they won. They it looks like they lost to harder teams. Yeah. They need. So like, if you want the Patriots to get a better pick, you need all the teams they've lost to to start losing, because that's the tiebreaker. And I I, I think. Uh, the Vikings are the only one loss team that won yesterday. Everybody else, I think, lost. So. A lot of bad teams. <laughs> but they we do have, little... like, the Giants and the Broncos games will be big for the Patriots draft order late in the year because those are two of the other uh, one-win one teams. So those those will be interesting. But, yeah, you lose and you move down the draft order. That's just where things at <laughs> for the Patriots yeah. right now. Yeah, so focusing on the draft, we got to look at a lot of the top – quarterbacks in college this weekend i guess we'll start with let's start with the big game michael Penix, bo Nix, Penix, 300 yards four touchdowns nicks threw for like 150 yards in a touchdown really went into game manager mode still almost had a chance to win it michael Penix, though leading the game winning drive i'm not totally out on but i'll do bo Nix first because it's clear i'm not totally out on bo Nix, but i i needed to see more I, yeah. i'm still not convinced he's a first round pick nicks uh not nicks uh, uh Penix. Hell yeah. He was awesome. Michael Penix. There should not be any conversation about QB three. I think he's closer to Drake may than the guys behind him are to him, whether that's JJ McCarthy, Quinn Ewers, Bo Nix. Uh, Michael Penix is a top three quarterback (laughs) in this class might be top two. He is 24. I'm not saying he's a perfect prospect, but his, his arm talent is just unreal. The throws he's making outstanding outstanding stuff from him what'd you make of both quarterbacks in that game yeah i thought bo Nix was all right like they obviously relied on the run game i thought in that game a lot but i don't know i'm kind of with you on the first round pick thing like his his, he just still scares me from auburn like i just think like that's something you would draft and then you just get auburn bo Nix back and you waste another first round pick but yeah michael Penix was awesome um but i think the best player on field was Roma Dunze like he yeah I thought so too nasty wide receiver is he wide receiver too in the class in the class he might be either him or Keon Coleman probably who had another awesome game for Florida you're not gonna put uh, Abuka in that conversation I love Abuka too there's so many good wide receivers worthy there really are uh but yeah I thought he was really good what were your thoughts on Drake May against Miami I thought he was all right um like he's still like I love his traits like his, his traits I like I just love Drake May a lot like I thought he started really good like their for, first scoring drive creating out a structure and then he had a few uh deep shots late that was 
some some awesome throws. Like he hand delivered one like fifty yards downfield to uh uh is it Tez Walker, I think. Yeah. The their receiver they just got back. So uh there was some spotty stuff in between, but I I, I like Drake May a lot and then Caleb Williams like <laughs> So we'll, we'll get to Caleb Williams. Uh, on Drake May, Miami's defense kind of sucks. Yeah. I need to see him against Duke in a couple weeks. That Duke defense is legit. Yeah. But I'll, I'll have a more complete idea of him. Yeah, Caleb Williams. I know there's a lot of people that were quick to say, oh, Patrick Mahomes once had a three-interception game. And, oh, you know, you got to write it off. It's just one bad game. I think you got to take into account where that game was played. He's at Notre been, Dame. He was at Oklahoma. Then he was at Southern California. He struggled to win in Utah. Now he's struggling to win on a cold, rainy, cold, rainy night in South Bend. Is he a fair weather quarterback? And I'm not saying that means he can't go one, one, but you got to think a lot about that. If you're the Patriots and that can matter. I know a lot of people think Josh Allen's a good quarterback. He is a good quarterback. What happens when it gets cold in Buffalo? What exactly happened last night? I could see Caleb Williams having a very similar boogeyman to Josh Allen especially if he gets drafted by a team that's like Northern and plays outdoors where he's struggling November and December. I think that was an eye opening game. He also just kind of quit. He, he, that game was a little Mac Jonesy of him. Yeah. Starts throwing he, off the back. He was, foot, he, was under, he was under pressure a lot, which like, he was looks under familiar. pressure. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah. So I'm not saying he's not the top quarterback anymore, but putting him in that Trevor Lawrence, Andrew Luck group, that might Maybe be a little stretch. Pull that back a little bit. Uh, also, I know because there's some people out there in terms of the coaching conversation want to talk about Lincoln Riley. I'm good. Hard pass. <laughs> Hard pass. He can't be. That's not a good Notre Dame team, by the way. Like that team's not. They're they're good defensively. Estimate rules. They're a fine. They're ranked 21st. That's pro, I don't know what they are this year. They're 21st going to that game. They're probably like somewhere between 15 and 30. Um, if you can't beat them, you can't beat an NFL team, plain and simple. And when you look at the the history of college coaches struggling in the NFL, I don't think I, I keep wanting to say Lane Kiffin, which is appropriate. <laughs> um, I don't think Lincoln Riley's any different. I don't think he's any different than a guy like Matt Rule or a guy like Lane Kiffin or a guy like Urban Meyer or anything like that. Maybe he's not as much of a disaster as Meyer, but like I don't think he's a different difference maker. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I I think that's pretty much the rundown. I know some people want to talk about Hartman. To me, Sam Hartman in the NFL is like a good backup quarterback, maybe spot starter. I could see him having like a Gardner Minshew kind of career where he's, you know, regularly like the worst or second worst starter in the league. Teams have him, but they have a plan in place to replace him. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick would be another guy that fits this bill. Tyrod Taylor, I think he's probably that level of quarterback. I would not touch Sam Hartman in the top 150. I don't think he's an answer for the Patriots. Doesn't mean I wouldn't take him like at some point as a backup, but I think that's, that's pretty much it. Texas, I believe was off. Yeah. Right. So those, we didn't those see are, yours. Those are the big games. Yeah. We didn't see yours. And um, I, yeah, McCarthy's the other one. I, I, I cannot, I do not get why so many people are fired up about JJ McCarthy. I just don't get it. He's. He just doesn't throw he, the ball much. He throws like. 20 passes a game. <laughs> His team's up 40 points I, every game he plays in. I get there like are some some traits you could see, but like yeah, he just doesn't have to do much. So it's if he is good, he's incredibly raw. He's probably two years away. And for the Patriots, I he's not a he he's the guy that goes to a team that is an older quarterback. He's the guy the Patriots should have drafted. If they're gonna draft him, 
That's the guy he drafted in like 2017, 2018, 2019 when Brady was still here and running it out. That's who he is, Hen Hooker, right? Like the Eagles with Jalen Hurts. I don't think he'll be Jalen Hurts, but like he's that kind of guy. He is not a guy you're giving the keys to the franchise to week one. He barely has the keys to Michigan as their starting quarterback. Um, uh, uh, Blake Corum has the keys to the Michigan offense. So, yeah, I don't, I don't see with JJ McCarthy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for all the talk about this quarterback class, I'm kind of getting to the point where if you're not getting Williams, May, or Penix, like the options are, are kind of uh, uh, maybe I'm not, there's like I'm not a totally late... out on yours. I'm not totally out on yours oh, yeah. yet. Yours and, and, and there's some guys that like like second they, round, maybe. Right. If they want to stick with Mac Jones for another year and then kind of see what happens and do the thing the Giants did with Daniel Jones. But you want to do also at the same time the Eagles thing with Jalen Hurts, just take a high upside quarterback in the second yeah. round. I mean, there's guys in that range you can definitely sell me on. Mm. Oh, excuse me. Uh got too much talk in the last couple of days. Uh, <laughs> there's a couple of guys in that range you can sell me on as well, whether it's Riley Leonard, whether it's KJ Jefferson, whether it's Jordan Travis, even you know, going down into the third round, a guy like Grayson McCall, a guy like Jaden Daniels, like I there's a lot of depth here. There's a lot Cam, of depth here. You're a Cam Ward fan? I think he's going back. I I, 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 I want to be a fan of his. He needs another year. I hope he recognizes he needs another year. I wouldn't really take him in the top 100 if he comes out this year, but I do think he has. He could be a guy kind of like Michael Penix. Michael Penix could have come out last year and been like a third, fourth-round quarterback and you know maybe gotten a shot at it. I, I think that's Cam Ward right now. I think if he waits another year, maybe he he puts more good tape out there, especially in the – oh, no, they're not changing the conferences. They're still in the Pac-12. So, um, But, yeah, uh, that's that that's kind of where I'm at with this class. But I, I, I don't think – you know, I had talked about, before, oh, you might see five guys in the first round again tie that record. That's looking more and more oh. bleak, especially if – we should mention Shadur too, but I, I, I still stand by – I think he's coming I, back. I don't think he's he's going to the draft. I really don't. I, I've kind yeah. of stopped. Uh, nothing against him personally, but when Deion Sanders says he's going back to school, he's probably going back to school, right? So I kind of just – when I'm plotting out the draft class, I haven't really included him for that reason. Yeah, that's kind of where I am. But, yeah, some big games next weekend with, I mean, Tennessee-Bama uh, – Ohio State, Penn State. I know Caleb yeah. Williams has to play Utah, so be some good games there. Uh, Caleb Williams maybe gets a bounce back. I tweeted Drake May QB one, uh, somewhat joking, sure but I do love that. <laughs> <laughs> Mike was all Mike was all over that. He he did not like that, but um, yeah, uh, halfway joking, but I, I still think that that's really tight between Caleb Williams and Drake May, especially after uh, Williams's performance. Uh, on Saturday in Notre Dame. But we can talk about those games on Thursday as well as another Patriots game to talk about because the Buffalo Bills are coming to Foxborough next Sunday. So Alex and I will be back to preview that and preview some more college football, of course, on Thursday. But until then, you can follow Alex on Twitter at RealAlexBarth. Go read all his coverage from yesterday on 985thesportshub.com. You can follow me on Twitter at I am Brian Hines and follow and read my coverage from yesterday's game on patspulpit.com. Thank you all as always for tuning in, and we will see you guys later this week. Bye.